Welcome to the Dr. Mark J. Pamer Podcast, a doctor who uses his heart to treat your lungs. Here's your host, Dr. Mark J. Pamer. In this podcast, we sit down with a leading penologist, Dr. Mark J. Pamer, to unravel the mysteries of obstructive sleep apnea. Welcome back, everyone. Garfield Bowen, co-host slash producer of the show, back in the studio with Port St. Lucie Best, Dr. Mark J. Pamer. Dr. Pamer, how are you doing today? Great. Happy to be here as Port St. Lucie's pulmonologist. <laughs> Dr. Pamer, what is obstructive sleep apnea? Well, Garfield, once again, you ask a great question. Obstructive sleep apnea is absolutely epidemic in this country. If we back up, we just say sleep apnea. Apnea is the absence of breathing. We can do that voluntarily right now just by holding our breath. But this is more of an involuntary thing because it's occurring when we sleep. So you can have what's called a central apnea, which is where the brain tells you to stop breathing, such as with brain damage or certain types of stroke, heart failure, etc. Uh, but we're going to talk about obstructive apnea, which is generally that the throat is closing when we're, when we're breathing, when we sleep. That's not occurring to us now because really, as you and I breathe, Garfield, there's tension in our, our muscles here in the neck and it keeps the airway open. You're not snoring and I'm not snoring when we're talking. But here when we go to sleep, the muscles relax. And especially when we dream and we go into to REM sleep, our body's paralyzed except for our eyes. And when you're paralyzed and that, that muscle tension completely goes away, then if there's a lot of tension in the neck pushing in because of a larger neck, it collapses and you get the apneic sound. So that's a full apnea that's obstructive. Shy of that, you might have something called hypopnea, which is a shallow breath, enough that the oxygen levels go down a little bit. If during a sleep study, we count the total number of apneas and the total number of hypopneas, meaning the total number of you stop breathing and the total number of you just breathe shallow enough, the sats go down a little. We add those up, we get a number. We divide that by the number of hours you sleep, and we get this magic number called the AHI, the Apnea Hypopnea Index. And that gives us a severity of how bad your sleep apnea is, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe, depending on the AHI. Now, the causes of sleep apnea, I told you about the severity there, but the causes, the number one in our country is just the obesity epidemic. The bigger the neck gets, the more it's going to be pressing in, you know, internally. When men have a neck size over 16 inches, certainly 17, or women have a neck size over 15, it becomes a pretty big risk factor for sleep apnea. But it's not just obesity. It's really anything that could cause a collapse of the upper airway. That could be big tonsils. It could just be the anatomy of a person's, uh, their throat, where if it's more narrow than if it was uh, larger, um, it could just be their dental anatomy, the anatomy of their mouth. Even the skull, some Asian skulls have a very different uh, architecture, if you will, there of the base of the skull than, let's say, than do non-Asians. And you could be very thin and Asian and have sleep apnea just because of the way that the, the base of the skull is structured versus maybe some other, uh, other people. Um, other than that, um, you could have an injured neck, which took the curve out of your neck and pushes, you know, there's a straightening of the neck. Uh, so you don't have that nice curve. And that can also cause sleep apnea. What all those things have in common is there's a narrowing at the throat. 
And so when your muscles relax, when you're falling asleep, uh, the more narrow you are to start with, it's going to collapse. And there's your apnea. So that's obstructive sleep apnea. What happens if you don't treat it? Um, well, if you're married, you're probably going to end up with two different bedrooms. Because at some point, the other spouse says, I'm tired of this. And I see an awful lot of that. Um, but from a medical side, you know, what happens? Well, you know, think logically. What happens if you don't sleep? I mean, bad things are going to happen. Uh, you can have all sorts of, you know, mental issues can occur from from depression, extreme fatigue. Um, there can be erectile dysfunction, high blood pressure, arrhythmias of the heart. I've said fatigue. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. And heart arrhythmias are the big one. From having low oxygen at night, sustained for hours and hours and hours, as I said, that could cause the blood pressure to be elevated during the day. It can also cause high blood pressure that's limited to into the lungs itself, called pulmonary hypertension, and that can be a really big deal that can that can wipe out the right side of the heart. That's called pulmonary arterial hypertension. Um, so that's a small number of things that can happen from untreated sleep apnea. But there's a huge I mean, the quality of a person's life is low. I mean, who has high quality of life when they're tired and, and, you know, want to take a nap all day? So that's the problem with not treating sleep apnea. The treatments are fairly simple. Uh, if it's due to obesity, losing weight can have a monumental impact on the improvement in the sleep apnea. But if it's not due to weight and it's an anatomical problem, then uh, sometimes surgery can make a difference uh, depending. But the big treatment is uh, what's called CPAP, continuous positive airway pressure. CPAP, that's a mask that a person wears, either on their nose or on their, their, over their mouth uh, or the nose and the mouth, which blows some flow to create a pressure that opens up the throat so that it doesn't collapse when a person's sleeping. That's called CPAP. A big chunk of this country is on CPAP. About 50% of people love it. 20% of people hate it. 30% bargain with it. But many, many people are on CPAP, and it's important to make sure you get the settings right. Shy of CPAP, if somebody's not going to, if they can't do the weight loss, they can't tolerate CPAP, some people can benefit from something called a mandibular advancement device, which goes in their mouth, which moves the lower jaw forward, opening up the back airway. That has to really be fit by a specialized dentist. There is one here on the Treasure Coast that I refer to. A lot of dentists do this work. I try to reserve sending patients to somebody who does this every day, day in and day out, because the troubleshooting uh, is really important with that particular device. Um, there's also a hypoglossal nerve stimulator, almost a small pacemaker, if you will, that's implanted in the chest with some nerves, with some electrodes that go up into the muscles in the front of the throat, which can tighten those muscles and pull the front of the airway open. That's only for certain types of people who have sleep apnea. But it can work phenomenally for those people who be, who qualify for it. There are ENT surgeons, ear, nose, and throat surgeons, who are able to sometimes remove some of the redundant tissue in the back of the throat and open it up. That's about a 50-50 thing, whether it'll work or not. But good surgical candidacy up front is really the key to figuring out if that works. And finally, last but not least, there may be pills, medications coming out for sleep apnea. It can help to improve the airway tonicity of the of the upper airway, those muscles, and help prevent sleep apnea. Uh, one of these medications is already commercially available. The other one is a, an anticholinergic. And the combination of these two medications, if this receives FDA approval, could have a significant improvement in sleep apnea. So that's my take on sleep apnea. One question for you. Yes, sir. Should everyone who snores loud or snore look into this? I think so. I think so. 
you know, and, and the history is sort of tough because, you know, if somebody comes in and says, look, I snore loud and stop breathing when I sleep. That's pretty obvious. But a lot of people come in and say, well, I don't, I don't snore. How do you know? You're asleep, you know. And the wife or the husband says, you know, I, I don't think he snores. And she's 385 pounds and, you know, with a neck the size of a watermelon. And, and you think, I'm willing to bet that you've got sleep apnea too. These people probably have no idea what's going on with their sleep. So I haven't always found the history to be that great. So if a person is snoring, it's a good idea to get a, a sleep study or at least get evaluated for sleep and, um, you know, talk to somebody who, who knows. Dr. Pema, great stuff. We look forward to your answers to the next question in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Garfield. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Mark J. Pamer podcast. To learn more about the doctor who uses his heart to treat your lungs, go to markpamerdo.com or call 772-785-5864. Once again, that's 772-785-5864.